Welcome to Life Study of the Bible, brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. These programs are based on the ministry of Witness Lee and his 21-year crowning work, The Life Study of the Bible, which focuses on the enjoyment of Christ as the divine life as revealed in the Bible. We hope that through these studies you'll be brought into a deeper enjoyment of the Scriptures and of our dear and precious Lord Jesus. You can contact us by sending email to radio at lsm.org, or reach us toll-free, 888-LIFE-STUDY. Now, let's join today's program. The testimony of Christ and the testimony of oneness is not a matter of eating and drinking, but it's really a matter of taking Christ, taking care of Christ, and enjoying Christ as the life-giving Spirit who is our righteousness, who is our peace, and who is our joy. This is the Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, a program furnished by Living Stream Ministry. And once again today, we're going back to 1969 for the tape segments of our program by Witness Lee. And again, we're grateful to have Dick Taylor with us in the studio to fellowship about the Life Study of Romans. Dick, welcome back. Good to be back, Chris. Good to be in this Life Study. Dick, today we're coming back again to the later chapters in Romans where we really see a marvelous display of the body life or the church life. Is the picture that we're going to see today of the practical expression of the church as it was at the time of the apostles really applicable to us today? This is an excellent question, Chris, and my answer would be absolutely. The only way to practice the church life and to enjoy this practical expression is to go back to the beginning. We must take a look at how they practiced and there was the practical expression of the church uh, in the scriptures. I was reminded of Matthew 19 when some of the religious leaders were trying to get Jesus ensnared in problems related to marriage and divorce. But the Lord's answer was, it was not so in the beginning. You know, Chris, from the time I first became a Christian, when I would speak the gospel, inevitably the first question they ask you is, what church do you go to? I hated that question because I realized this is a, this is a mess. The only way out is to go back to the beginning, at the time of the apostles. So what's revealed in the scriptures is absolutely applicable to us today. And in this broadcast, we'll see that in the beginning they did mainly two things. They received all the believers according to the Spirit, not according to just mere doctrines or practices. And number two, they stood in the oneness of the body of Christ in each locality where they were living. So by doing these two things, they were really maintaining the testimony of the Lord in oneness. And this certainly can be applied to us today in this age. So we must go back to the beginning and practice just as they practiced to enjoy the practical expression of the church. Dick, would you define, you use this phrase, they received the believers according to the Spirit. Would you define that more practically? What does that mean? 
that means uh, that they were not just nitpicking about little doctrinal things, whether there's grape juice or, or wine or whether you're baptized frontwards or backwards, but uh, they cared for Christ as the center and the preeminent one, and this Christ today is the Spirit. And when you're full of the Spirit, you're full of joy. So their relationship with each other was not nitpicking in little doctrinal matters, but their relationship was this wonderful person of Christ, who is the Spirit today, and their relationship was one full of joy. Thank you, Dick. This is a issue that gets, I believe, a lot of thought, but everyone ends up in the same perplexed result. Hopefully, before the Lord, today's fellowship will shine some light for all of our benefit. That's true. And I, I was reminded also, Chris, Jesus prayed in John 17 before he went to the cross, Father, that they may be one. He really wants us to apply today what they were enjoying in the church life in the scriptures in the early days. Let's go to Witness Lee for today's life study. We know there are 16 chapters of this book. The first 11 cover so many things we have seen. Now, we come to the last five chapters. Chapters 12 through 16. Five chapters. Just cover one point. That is the body or the body line. With the sonship, you have the justification, sanctification, transformation, and you have the confirmation, and then you have the glorification. All these are included in resurrection, and this resurrection is the designation. You know, we were not sons of God, but we are in the process to be designated to the sons of God by the resurrection power. And this sins we have to realize is for the body. For the body. All the members of the body of Christ must be the sons of God. The body life is not just a grove of believers coming together. Then you have the body life. No. We know by the history and by the present situation among so many Christians, this doesn't work. So many Christians did come together, yet what they had was just a feeling. There was no body life. The body life depends on what? On the sonship. And the sonship comes out of the designation, out of the power of resurrection to transform us, right? To transform us that we may have the body life. If you read chapter 12 clearly, as we have pointed out several times here, you will see in chapter 12, firstly, you have the body to be presented. Our body, physical body, has to be presented 
to the Lord. For the purpose to have his body, our bodies have to be presented that we may practically have his body. The body has to be presented. Don't say, oh, I have a real heart. I have a real heart for the church life. Well, that is not so real yet. Until you preach in your body. The practicality is in your body. The number two, our mind, that is the main part of our soul, has to be renewed. Then our soul will be transformed. Our body needs to be present. And our soul needs to be transformed. Not conform to this age, but be transformed. Body presented, the soul transformed, then you need to have the spirit, not the Holy Spirit, but the human spirit. In verse 11, our spirit has to be fervent, has to be unfair, has to be burned and burned. I say again, body present, soul transform, and the spirit burns, and burns, then we could have the body life. Dick, we have seen many times previously in the life study of Romans that the real focus of this book is sonship, how that God is producing sons out of sinners. Then we come to these final chapters that so beautifully portray the church life or body life. What's the connection here between sonship and the body life? The precious point in Romans is that the whole gospel, this whole good news is about sonship. I was thinking of the early verses in chapter 1 where it says, Paul was separated under the gospel. And this gospel is altogether concerning his son. And then it says Jesus Christ was designated Son of God in resurrection. And then in chapter 1, verse 9, it says, God is my witness, whom I serve in the gospel of his Son. And in Romans 8, it talks about how we're being conformed to the image of the firstborn Son, to be the many sons of God. And we've received a spirit of sonship. So this book is full of the matter of sonship. So this gospel is a gospel of sonship. But sonship, we must realize, is for the body. In order to be members of the body of Christ, we must be sons of God. In other words, we must be those who receive the life and the nature of the Son of God, of God to be sons of God, to grow in his life, to mature as sons of God. Without being sons of God, how can we be members of Christ? So this is quite good. What's the connection between sonship and the body life. Well, sonship means you have the life of, the, of God, you have the nature of God, you're a real son of God. And the body, the body life, well, what's the body life? Well, whose body is it? It's Christ's body. How can you be part of Christ's body? How can you be the increase and enlargement of Christ unless you have Christ's life, Christ's nature, and you become Christ's expression? You mature through transformation. So, Sonship is for the body of Christ. These two are interrelated to experience the gospel of sonship that is being sonized 
by the application of all the riches of God's salvation, makes us bona fide members of Christ for the building up of the body of Christ. Dick, the word of God is so marvelous. Of course, you get wrapped up and enthralled, really, in the depth and the truth that is present in the first eight chapters, or maybe the first 11 chapters of the book. But then your heart is so warmed when you realize there's a goal, there's a result of this rich truth and doctrine, and that is this tender, lovely, precious, body-life, practical church life expressed that the apostle obviously carried around with him in his heart. That's true. That is really wonderful. I appreciate the word you used, Chris, and that is the goal. Sonship has a goal, and that is the body life. That is God's expression in and through the body of Christ. So all of the process of sonship is for this goal, which is the body of Christ. Thank you, Dick. Let's go back to Witness Lee. Now, in chapter 14, you have these practical men in front of you. Here's a real brother. But he's different in the matter of eating. He's different in the matter of baptism. He's different in the matter of foot washing. He's different in the matter of head covering from you. What shall you do? To have the church life, we have to forget about all the different teaching. We have to receive all the believers. As long as they are believers, the real believers, regardless what kind of opinion they have about the teachings. If you eat the herbs, okay, don't get those who do not eat. If you eat the herb, you eat the herb and the meat. Don't despise those who do not. You see, if you regard this day, don't despise those who regard the other day. If you regard the other day, don't despise those who regard this day. This was the general attitude of the Apostle Paul. Could we be so general? This lesson is a real lesson. It's not so easy to learn this lesson. We like to have others all the time the same as we are. And I like the others to be the same as I am. How could this be? So there's no need for us to put certain demand on others. Let others be others. Yet still we are away. Variety versus uniformity. And unity in variety. Yes, we do have a variety, but still we are one. But this is a real lesson for us to, to learn. It's not so easy. Brothers, praise, read Romans 14 and 15. You see, in chapters 14 and 15, you have this problem. Soft. Let's be gentle. Gentle. Could you be? Never insist anything. Never impose anything on others. Would you do it? Or could you do it? 
I tell you, brother, to say these is easy, but to practice these is not so easy. You may talk aloud about the body, the body, according to Romans 12, but you have never reached Romans 14. Read Romans 14 again. It is not a matter of eating this, nor eating that. It is a matter of the spirit. The kingdom of God is not of eating or drinking, but of righteousness, peace, and joy in the spirit. As long as we have the joy in the spirit, that's okay. Dick, here we have a very practical word about how we must receive others, especially the ones that are different from us in the church. But at the very end of this section, Witness Lee made a point that seemed to me to be a key on how to carry this out. He said that as long as we have the joy of the Spirit in our midst, then we're okay. Is this really a key, Dick? This is really a key. Romans 14:17 says for the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking but righteousness and peace and joy in the holy spirit indicating that the kingdom of God which is really the body life is not an outward matter of merely eating and drinking because these chapters like chapter 14 talks about those who eat vegetables those who eat meat some who are weaker, some who are stronger. And the whole point is that we would exercise to receive all believers. And uh, so the point of oneness and the point of our testimony uh, in the body life, that is the testimony of Christ and the testimony of oneness, is not a matter of eating and drinking. But it's really a matter of taking Christ, taking care of Christ and enjoying Christ as the life-giving spirit who is our righteousness, who is our peace, and who is our joy. And so the main indicator uh, of practicing the body life is, is the joy there? You may do a lot of doctrinal nitpicking related to uh, minor doctrines or related to practices, but eventually all you end up with is division and absolutely no joy. The sign of the body life being practiced is the sign of the joy of the Holy Spirit. When you're filled with the enjoyment of Christ, there is a strong indicator that you are practicing properly the body life. Thank you, Dick. Let's go back to Witness Lee for the conclusion of our life study. What is the name of Phoebe's Satan? Not Jerusalem, nor Ephesus, but what? Centralia. Oh, have you ever heard this? Oh, Faith, our sister Faith, who is a deaconess of the church which is at Centralia, a local church in such a small town. A local church? I tell you, this is the second point of the practicality of the church life. The first point of the practicality of the church life is the matter of receiving. It's the matter of receiving. We have to receive all kinds of real believers. 
this first problem has been solved in 14 and 15. Now we have the second problem of the church. That is, today, as it was in the ancient time, some of the saints neglect the local church. They talk a lot about the church, but they neglected, neglected the churches, the local church. In this book, you have chapters 14 and 15. And eventually, at the closing, you have chapter 16. Chapter 16 shows us the practicality of the church life. That is, the church in locality. Number one, for the church life, we have to be so general in receiving with all the saints, all kinds of believers. As long as they are believers, regardless what kind of opinion they have, we have to receive them. I say this to myself, and I say this to you all, and I say this to all the Christians. Right? We all have to be to be so we are special in nothing. In nothing. We have nothing special. We have nothing particular. We are so gentle. So gentle. As long as we are not sinful. As long as we are not doing something related to the idols, the demons. As long as we take Christ as life. That's good enough. The number two. We have to be so local. Just the local church. How I thank the Lord, you have the general receiving in chapter 14 and 15. Now, you have the local matter in chapter 16. And I do believe this is something of the Holy Spirit uh, to put chapter 16 in this book. If we are going to practice the proper church life, the body life, we need this local man. Wherever we are, we must be the local church. Dick, these final three chapters of Romans deal with big topics, big issues in the church. First, who do we receive? And this, of course, is dealt with in chapters 14 and 15. And then second, what is the church in its practical expression? Dick, help us with this second big item particularly. What does the practical church look like in the New Testament? This is uh, also a wonderful question, Chris. But I would say it looks like a testimony of the one body of Christ. There's two phrases that uh, Brother Lee has somewhat coined over the years that I really like, and they are in spirit and on the ground. <laughs> Meaning, uh, the practical church life in the New Testament looks like a group of people in a locality who are enjoying the oneness because they're enjoying Christ as the Spirit, and they're also enjoying the ground of the oneness of the triune God and of the body of Christ. What do I mean by this? Well, of course, we've seen in this broadcast the practical church life looks like 
Number one, receiving all kinds of believers regardless of their dietary regulations or whatever. And we receive uh, related to the Spirit. And then number two, uh, the practical church life in the New Testament looks like standing in the oneness in each locality. Uh, at the end of the book of Romans, this marvelous gospel of God, this gospel of sonship, which issues in these sons being the members of the body of Christ, to express Christ as the one body, this is very practical at the end. In chapter 16, we come to, for example, verse 1, where it says, uh, I commend to you, our sister Phoebe, who is a deaconess of the church, which is at Sencrea. This means that in the beginning, they were just believers in every locality. And in that locality, they just practiced the oneness. They didn't know anything other than that. They may have met in many places in that city, but they were just the church in that locality. So you can see how Romans ends. It ends with this practical expression of the saints in oneness in each locality that's mentioned in this concluding chapter. And this is our desire also to practice uh, this kind of oneness. And this is based on like uh, Acts 14.23 and Titus 1.5 where it says, Paul mentioned point elders in every city. And then another verse he says, appoint elders in every church. He just equated the locality with the church. The church and the locality were just one. And this was a principle for standing on the ground of oneness and testifying the oneness of God and the oneness of the body of Christ. We need to go back to this beginning to practice this so that the Lord can have a proper testimony. Otherwise, we just face this thing, hey, what church do you go to? And then you just think, what a mess. Thank the Lord there is an answer. And the practical church life revealed at the end of the book of Romans, really helps us to come back to the beginning that we might enjoy the practical expression in oneness of the triune God and of the body of Christ. Dick, we began the broadcast today with a question that I posed to you, and that is, is the practical expression of the church that we saw at the time of the apostles really applicable to us? And you answered then with an emphatic yes. Yes. I think we've all been brought into that yes. Yes, we have. If we just realize that it's easy if we apply the test of who do we receive and just limit ourselves to the answer, we receive whom God receives. That's right. Period. Right. Good fellowship today. There's a, a wonderful verse that you mentioned. Wherefore, receiving one another as Christ also received us to the glory of God. Thank you for being here. Amen. Thank you for listening. We'll be back tomorrow with the life study of Romans once again and Witness Lee. I'm Chris Wilde, and thank you for listening today. You've been listening to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee. Brought to you by Living Stream Ministry, publisher and distributor of the works of Watchman Nee and Witness Lee. If you'd like to contact us, just email radio at lsm.org or call us toll-free at 1-888-LIFE-STUDY. That's 1-888-543-1111.
3788. Thanks for listening.